Hi, this is Tony Tolado. This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics can help us explore our own humanity. And today, a vintage episode of the podcast Alter Weekly with Andrew Bowser and Sapphire Sandalo. And we'll talk about horror and their podcast featured on Gunpowder and Sky in just a moment. Gunpowder and Sky has a neat series about horror. It's called Alter Weekly. And today I have the two hosts, Andrew Bowser, who is uh, an actor, he's a director as well. Uh, you might have seen him on YouTube, worked for The Nerdist as well. And Sapphire Sandalo, who has a background in animation. She created characters for Adult Swim and Comedy Central. Cool stuff. And also had her own podcast, Something Scary, where she, which I think it was originally on YouTube. Is that right, uh, Sapphire? The, mm -hmm. Yeah, originally a web series, and then it became a podcast. And then it became a podcast. So really cool. Welcome, both of you. It's great to talk to you about Alter. Thank well, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you both have impressive backgrounds, but how did you two kind of come together? And we can start with Sapphire. I was just going to say, Bowser, you could take it away. <laughs> well, all right. That's fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> because he's the one who uh, is the, the reason why we met. <laughs> ah, okay. And I wish I had a better anecdote for it, but I, I think <laughs> I was just asking uh, friends of mine if they knew anybody that loved horror and would want to do a horror discussion podcast with someone like me friend of mine recommended Sapphire and previously we did not know each other. So we did a little test zoom call and just chat, chatted horror for a little bit. And I felt like we got along and I also thought we had different kind of uh, knowledge bases of the genre and had different opinions on the genre in fun ways, but then also we're in sync in a lot of ways. So I thought it would be a good combo for the podcast. So the chemistry was there, right, Sapphire? Right off the bat, something clicked? Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's actually funny because, like, I think we know so many people in common, but we've just never crossed paths for some reason. <laughs> True. Yeah, and so when we met, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I haven't known this guy. <laughs> mm. The episode you did recently that was cool was if we grew up on horror, and I was just telling Sapphire before we went on that I actually did initially, even though I host a sci-fi podcast, I've dabbled in horror a few times. Uh, and the cool thing is for me, I grew up with, because I'm, I'm a little older than both of you, I'm in my 60s. I'm, we came from Cuba and we discovered American television. And at the time, all the independent channels were showing the old Universal Monster movies. So I got a dose of Wolfman, uh, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein and Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Dracula meets, you know, you know, the whole thing. But anyway, yeah. that's what intrigued, you know, got me interested in it. And I've been following it ever since. And I've seen it gain a lot of respect as the years have gone on. It was kind of a novelty at first. But now I think it's really uh, been elevated to a whole nother status. Uh, starting with you, Sapphire, what, what kind of led you to her? So it actually is something that I've loved ever since I was a kid. Um, mm. I 
Well, not necessarily. Let me start that over because I, it took me a while to love horror movies specifically just because I was such a scaredy cat. Um, <laughs> I still watched them, but like they horrified me. Mm. Um, but I loved ghost stories and paranormal mm. things um, just because that was something that was very, very important to my family. Uh, my grandpa would have these really scary stories that he told us when we were little. And so I always had a love for the dark and the gruesome and everything like that. Um, and then I, it wasn't really until I saw The Exorcist when I was in eighth grade that oh, I wow. loved the the art of horror um, filmmaking. Well, I was, uh, <laughs> we've talked about this on our show. I was a, sure. quite a scaredy cat as a kid. <laughs> and um, I, I, I read comic books and I was always attracted to certain villains from the comics and monsters in the comics, but I never really watched a horror film until I was a teenager. I was just too scared prior to that. And uh, and then once I did, and I think I, I probably started with things like Child's Play and Pumpkinhead, mm. uh, the 80s horror, ah. um, I, I just really fell in love with it all and, and, and then devoured it and eventually, you know, wanted to make horror films myself. And and wasn't really scared of the things that used to freak me out as a kid anymore. I think it was a matter of confronting my fears. And on the other side of it was actually something that I quite, quite enjoyed and quite loved. As far as a period in horror, is there, you mentioned, Andrew, the 80s. Was that your favorite period as far as horror? Oh, is yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> it? It is. And, you know, to a fault, probably. I, I've got some <laughs> blind spots in the history of horror because of my love for the 80s horror. Uh, it is. I really like the the colorful villains. I like the Freddy Kruegers and the Chuckies. And I really like the blend. I specifically like the horror movies from the 80s that attempted to kind of blend the absurd with the grounded. I know there's some that just go off the rails and they're full camp. I'm, I'm more of a, a fan of, of the horror films that kind of go right down the middle. Mm -hmm. Maybe they air on camp, but they're trying to say something about still about the human condition and, and their, their, their human characters are still somewhat believable, not just, you know, parodies of what we know to be real, like in a lot of the eighties movies. I really like, or I love like late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, like yeah. that period is my favorite. And I think maybe it's just because that's around the time when I really started watching a lot of horror movies and really getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> the 60s were interesting. You know, the 50s and the 40s had the uh, universals. And then we, in the 60s, we had the Hammer films come into yeah. it. And Christopher Lee, of course, a great Christopher Lee. And they actually went a little further, almost, to, I guess, what they used to call an R rating in those days. They, were, they got close. And then the 70s, The Exorcist, to me, was really the only standout. It, it had, like, the devil's reign and things like that. Uh, you know, uh, not some great, some great movies. And the, the 80s, I mean, it was the... It was Slasherville, man. It was so many great slasher films. Then the 2000s, the 90s were, were cool too, but they kind of carried over from the 80s a little. And the 2000s, although there were some films in the 90s, I thought, like Wolf with Jack Nicholson that kind of, you know, took it to a higher level and had people that you would never expect 
in a horror film. And then the 2000s, um, horror has really grown up to, to, be, uh, to be taken more seriously. And to me, there's a lot of great independent horror that's being done right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on indie horror these days? Well, I think it's, I think indie horror will always be strong because I feel like horror is a genre that, uh, you know, if you get the basics right, you can pull off something really cool for a small budget and with a small cast. Yeah. You get the right level of tension. And if you get, you know, if you, if you get the right mix of characters, um, I think you can really do amazing things. And I think indie horror right now is super exciting and um and i think i think it'll be even more exciting and i don't know why i think this but (laughs) i feel like in the next couple of years i feel like there's been some movies that a lot of people have loved recently that maybe i haven't loved so much but i feel like there are really cool things coming and i feel like in the next couple of years we're going to see some really cool indie horror films and uh yeah i think indie horror though is is always uh, uh, exciting. I don't think it ebbs and flows as much as mainstream stuff. I think there's always people out there making really cool, small horror films. Oh, absolutely. And, and Sapphire, is there a favorite director for you? Oh my. Um, <laughs> I know it's hard. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I like, I don't really have favorites when it comes to that. Like I just like movies. I don't know if I explained that well, but um. Yeah, I don't know if I have like, you know, a handful of directors where I'm always like excited to see what they come up with. I sort of just like movies individually. <laughs> um, but I, I do like Karen Kusama, I guess, because The Invitation yes. is like one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good choice. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many for me. Um, Guillermo del Toro, because he um, he just has to me has kind of a very gothic soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it shows in his movies, you know, and uh, he's just amazing. And I've been lucky to cover the Tribeca Film Festival. And I could go on and on about all the really interesting indie directors I've talked to that have a good sense of story and cinema and with little or no money have made some amazing films. So uh, it's it, it's a great time right now. Any favorites for you, Andrew? Well, I guess <laughs> favorite directors, I, you know, I really have a, the, the guy that, that I feel like is the best blend of what I want from comedy and horror together is Joe Dante. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I feel an affinity with the films of Joe Dante insert Sapphire rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> um, but uh, Joe Dante and then people like, uh, Fred Decker that did Night of the Creeps. Yes. And and then a really great director, Tom Holland, the yes. filmmaker that did Fright Night and Child's Play. I just think he was a, a great, uh, even just technician. I felt like the way those movies were shot and put together are so solid. I rewatch yeah. Fright Night all the time and Child's Play too. I, I think, meaning Child's Play, the original Child's Play, it's such a well-covered film and it hides the effects really well and it sells mm-hmm. the effects really well. So I have always, yeah, Tom Holland and, and Fred Decker and then Joe Dante is kind of my, you know, my, my king as it were. 
We have more with Andrew Bowser and Sapphire Sandalo in a moment. Let's get back to Andrew Bowser and Sapphire Sandalo talking about their series, Alter Weekly. By the way, if you hear original music on the podcast, it's composed by Sapphire Sandalo. Let's get back to the conversation. So I'm going to throw it out on the floor. Is Gremlins a Christmas movie? I say yes. I literally watched it on <laughs> Christmas Eve this year. And it's so funny. We were having two friends over for an, uh, a social distance hang in our backyard. And I'd gotten a projector and screen just for this so that we could continue to have some amount of social interaction safely. Yeah. And so our, our, our two friends came over and, uh, and they said, so on Christmas Eve, they said, so what are we watching? And I said, Gremlins. And they said, oh, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? And I said, if, yes, it opens with a Christmas song. The entire movie happens on Christmas. The gizmo is a Christmas gift. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's a Christmas movie for sure. The dog is strung up with Christmas lights. <laughs> yes. yes, he is. Oh, it's a great, great film. A lot of fun. <laughs> as far as putting this, your podcast together, kind of tell me how that comes together, like the topics you choose and things like that. Sapphire, we can start with you and Andrew can chime in as well. Sure. Um, so we sort of both just like come up with ideas. Like I'm always looking at Twitter or like social media, just looking for people who have interesting perspectives on horror. Um, I, oh, I can't remember if this has come out already, but um, like one person in particular that comes to mind, it, I think it was the second episode we did. We interviewed somebody who was studying why we have morbid curiosity, mm. you know, and that's the type of thing that you don't really see or hear in most horror podcasts. So um, we're always looking for people like that. We're also just looking for actors and filmmakers, people who are making stuff in the genre who have interesting uh, perspectives as well. Mm. No, I mean, I think that's it's exactly what we do. I think we try to uh, have a mix of episodes that are unexpected angles on horror, like Sapphire mentioned, someone that was talking about morbid curiosity, or we're going to be talking to a costumer soon. Oh, um, nice. we, we, even the Danielle and Miko episode about specifically what it was like growing up in horror as a child actor. And then, and then we also do look for just filmmaker interviews to talk about their movies. But um, but we wanted to try to, I guess, separate the podcast a little bit from being just a general horror chat show, because there are a lot of those. We wanted to try to have a an angle each week um, and a new perspective each week. And I think we've done well so far with kind of carving out that niche. Yeah, yeah. I would hope so. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, and it, it's uh, no, it's great. I mean, it, it's it's nice to put your own stamp on it because there are so many shows out there that are very similar, and to be unique. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's it's crazy how many. I think they were like, I forget how many podcasts were produced last year. New podcasts. I think over a million. Easy. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. You mentioned Hammer Horror. Just the other night, I went to just look for like, is there a Hammer Horror podcast? Mm -hmm. And I searched and there was like 300 of them. And wow. I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, it's crazy. There's more fan centric fans like us. So keep listening. Back with more of this fan centric episode on the SFT Network. I, I, I'm a huge fan of makeup and mm. uh, horror makeup. 
And as a kid, I got a book called Making a Monster that showed all the the greats, like, you know, Jack Pierce, who did the Frankenstein monster, you know, to kind of feed my universal horror. And then Dick Smith, who did The Exorcist, and and Rick Baker, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you guys have any favorites in that area? Oh, hmm. Well, I think we interviewed one of my favorites, which is Tom Woodruff Jr., who used to work with Dan Winston. And he was the man in the pumpkin head suit for Pumpkinhead. (laughs) And he also played... Gilman and Monster Squad. We got to talk with him, and and uh, that was exciting. He's for sure one of my one of my favorites. I don't know if I would say he's my favorite, but he's done my favorite work in a movie. Um, Howard Berger, Berger. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He uh, did Thirteen Ghosts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's great. Of course, he teams up with Greg Nicotero. They had a company together, and I'm not sure if they still do because Greg's on The Walking Dead these days. And boy, some of his makeup is just crazy with the walkers. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. The guy, the walker in the well is still like, the that's the top gross out one, man. It was like, oh, God, that's so gross. But you mentioned Gremlins. I think uh, Rob Bottin did the Gremlins in that film. Who did the thing? Didn't he? Didn't he do that? You know, I don't know if Botine was on Gremlins. I I was gonna say Botine because of his work on the thing, though. I know that uh, Chris Wallace was was one of the main designers of the Gremlin puppets. Um, but the way these things always work, when I watch these documentaries, it's almost like these artists, you know, worked on five movies at once. They'd be yeah. popping over to work on a couple shots of this and then a couple shots of that. So it's possible Botine did. Mm-hmm. Did some stuff on Gremlins. I love the thing. I, there's a great oh, yeah. behind the scenes moment on one of the DVDs. I don't know if either of you have seen this, but where Rob Botin basically admits to being uh, hospitalized because of how overworked he was working wow. on the thing. He said he just, mm-hmm. you know, burned the candle at both ends and it was sleeping on the set and eventually wow. was so exhausted he passed out and he wound up in the hospital. And wow. It's a, it, I mean, it's an, the work shows that, you know, he really, uh, he overextended himself, but um, I mean, God, was it worth it? That movie is still such a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, it is Chris Wallace actually, who, who worked on the Gremlins. Um, okay. Did you guys catch in it, the second film that they, um, they borrowed, or the first film, actually, they borrowed a line that was used in the thing. Did you guys catch that? Oh, I don't know if I did. So in the thing, remember when the spider creature comes up Mm -hmm. and I forget the character's name and he goes, you got to be, you know, blanking, kidding me, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and in it, it, sure enough, he becomes a spider. And one Uh of the kids says that and I go, wow. Oh, that's great. I did not catch that. (laughs) It's like, unless you know both movies, you're not going to get it. But that was such a cool nod to the thing. And, uh, you know, of course, now it's all CGI. But uh, I mean, the things he he did for that movie were were crazy. Were crazy. Yeah. And just the reset time, if something went wrong, you know, just... Yeah, uh, they'd be down for for three hours while he reset something you know he had made custom the night oh, before. God, as far as your podcast um, recording wise, 
I guess because of Zoom, because of COVID, do you Zoom the, you know, the recording sessions or did you used to do them together when there was no COVID? Oh, we've never met in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I don't know how tall you are, Bowser. <laughs> um, I'm really tall. I'm so tall. I'm taller. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, everything's been through Zoom this entire time. Um, wow. We, when did we like begin talking about the podcast? That was like last summer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was during right the summer. The middle, yeah, of the pandemic. Yeah. And then we didn't get it launched, I guess, until November. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But, wow. Yeah. But we, we've been talking in the summer, but yeah, we've never met in person. I'd love to be in a, in a proper studio doing this show. It'd be so fun. Mm-hmm. Mm, I hear but you. It's all over Zoom. Yeah. As far as Gunpowder and Sky, how did you guys get involved with them? Is it something you had to pitch to them or they approached you? Well, I had been a producer at, at Nerdist for a few years and had That's done right. a, a podcast called Bizarre States, and which is in a similar space, but we never talked horror films. We were always just paranormal and supernatural discussion. And so a producer at Gunpowder and Sky, who's in charge of their, their audio uh, network, uh, reached out to me and, and asked if I would pitch on this, the idea of doing a weekly horror show. And I think it was because of Nerdist and maybe some of my horror stuff, my uh, the stuff I as a content creator that I do. But I think a lot of it had to do with the podcasting experience. So um, but then with Sapphire, we kind of put the show together. I think I think it's also still finding its legs, though, too, because Mm -hmm. there's so much we want to do and could do, you know, the more. If, if we were in a studio every week and, and if we had uh, a, a bigger crew instead of it being this, you know, pandemic style <laughs> podcast, I just know we'd be able to make something uh, even even cooler. So yeah. so uh, I feel like the show is still coming together and uh, and we, we've done as, as best as we can over Zoom. But I'm such I'm just itching to get to a place where we can make something in a more traditional sense because I really like the the ingredients that we have. Yeah. No, I I, I totally hear you. So what's how much time between you record to the editing process? Well, we basically turn it around in a in a, about a week because we wow. record on Thursdays and uh, there's an editor that takes two of the the, the main the main segments and cuts those over the weekend. And then I cut the top and bottom of every episode and basically Sunday night, sit down and stitch it all together and then send it up for review. And then we usually do kind of small notes over the course of of Monday and Tuesday and then, you know, submit it Wednesday and it goes up Thursday. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. About a week turnaround. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's very cool. Uh, Sapphire, I got to ask you because you've been on Paranormal Caught on Camera. (laughs) Yes. you obviously have an interest in the paranormal. I know Andrew mentioned it as well about the paranormal. Tell us about that aspect to, to you. Oh, um, sure. Like uh, what I mentioned before, my grandpa had really amazing stories uh, from the Philippines. Mm. Um, and everyone in my family has really cool ghost stories and stuff, things that uh-huh. they've experienced. And so I grew up knowing that all of these things were very real. <laughs> and um, that sort of started my obsession with asking everyone, everyone I met, you know, have you experienced a ghost? 
tell me about it. I want to learn all about it. And now I do that on TV, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. That's really, really nice. Guys, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. It's Alter Weekly on Gunpowder and Sky. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. And there are too many places to name. You can go to Apple to start, but there are many places. And wherever you get your players or wherever you you, you get it, folks, you can get it from there. It's it's certainly worth a listen. And you guys have great chemistry together. So congrats oh, on thank that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk. Till next time, this is Tony Tolado. Look for Alter Weekly wherever you get your podcast. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.